Welcome in to another edition of the Redbird Report. I'm sports editor Mike Mara, and today joining me is the volleyball beat reporter Nick Damiani. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great. Happy to be here, Mike. Ready to talk some volleyball. There's a lot going on in the volleyball program. Obviously, in June, Leah Johnson took over for Melissa Myers, who Myers had some family issues that she had to deal with and left the program. Now, what have you seen so far out of Leah Johnson in her time being at Illinois State? You know, when I first talked to Leah and she came in this year, she wanted her players to buy into the the process that she was bringing almost like the Philadelphia 76ers she said trust the process to her players because I mean she's a new coach she's bringing in a new system and she really wanted her players to buy into that system and I talked to Courtney Pence who's one of the captains and she's been here three years now and she said it was tough at first adjusting to these new footwork movements that Lee is bringing in but as we've gone along in the season and here we are almost halfway through you could say and you're starting to finally see some of that progress coming to fruition. And that's the one thing I know. I remember media day for volleyball. That was one thing Jalen Keene said was obviously you bring it. Uh, Leah Johnson comes in with a new system, new everything, and it, you feel kind of left out because M- Melissa Myers did leave. That was who they had for three years. Well, Jalen Keene being a senior, she had her for three years, and there was a new there was a new buy-in process, and it wasn't if they were going to buy in. It was just that that transition period. And she said as they got up to media day, which was in mid or late late. August, right before the season started, uh, she said that they were on the same page, and Leah Johnson was super happy with Courtney Pence's production and the offseason and Jalen Keynes as well, which kind of leads me up to the Wildcat Classic. They went 3-0, but before that, it kind of seemed like the team was struggling. What did you see out of the team leading up to the Wildcat Classic? Yeah, it was just a lot of inconsistency, it seemed like, and they are trying to build that chemistry throughout there, and you could see that. They were going 1-2 and two each weekend. They were winning Fridays, and they couldn't put it together on Saturdays. It was just, Leah was saying, for some reason... They, they were all hyped after a Friday win, but then they would still be thinking about that win on Friday, and they couldn't get it together on Saturday. And I think it's just about building that chemistry throughout. They have a freshman setter, Steph Jankowitz, who's basically running this offense, so she's got some growing pains that they're going through. And I think that was a big part of their struggles early on in the season. But like we said, as we progressed, you can see they're gradually, gradually getting better. And it all came together in that Wildcat Classic. Yeah, and that's the one thing I noticed. The first I saw the team was the Redbird Classic that they hosted here at Redbird Arena. And they won Friday. They swept Dayton. They come back Saturday afternoon, play Seton Hall, and drop a five-set five-set match, which was pretty exciting. I know you were there. I mean, I, I, they looked pretty good. I mean, Seton Hall, a, a, a good team out of the out of the Big East, but I didn't I didn't think they looked super great up in that fifth set. And the fifth set, which is where they kind of lost it, then they come back Saturday night against Cincinnati, another five-set match, which I thought, I felt, even though you play two games in less than probably 12 hours, I, mean, I don't know the exact timing of that, but you play two games in two in about 12 hours, you come back and play a nightcap, a third game, and I, I mean, we saw Cincinnati all week. Cincinnati did not look good. I thought that was a team that they probably should have won in three, three or four sets. They go five with them. That's really the only five-set match that... In that Illinois State's looked good in, in my opinion. I haven't seen all their games. I saw all the home games, though. And that's the first five-set game that they looked good in. I don't know. if Is that something that you see? Because they seem to drop a lot of fifth sets. Yeah, they do struggle in that fifth set. In that Cincinnati match, they were up two sets to none in there, and you thought that it was going to be a clean sweep, but then they really just they lost their rhythm. They just completely lost it. It seems like when, when Jalen Keene's not going, they're looking for somebody else to score, and this year they've had struggle finding that consistency. Is it going to be Lexi Wallen? Is it going to be Michaela Leonard? Is it going to be Allie Line? They don't know yet. They're still looking for that second option. 
And in that Cincinnati game, I think it's it's a big thing to note that Jalen Keene was battling an ankle injury that I believe Leah said that it happened in that game, right? Yes. yes. So, I mean, she was in and out of the game, and I know during one of the timeouts in that fifth set, she had her ankle taped up, and it was kind of a real quick, I mean, obviously you only get a minute 15 on the clock for a timeout in volleyball, but she was in there, and she literally, instead of going to the team huddle, she went with the trainer and was getting her ankle taped up. It seemed like it was really bothering her. I know that's something that you talked to Leah about in the post game, did she say anything about that? Yeah, Leah said that Jalen wasn't getting off the ground as much as she used to, and she just looked slower out there, and she looked a little gimpy, and she wasn't willing to put as much weight on it and really play her to her full potential out there. So that's definitely an issue back in that game. But I mean, since then, I don't think it slowed her down and hasn't really bothered her. No, and obviously Jalen Keen's really the motor that keeps this team going. I mean, there's some games where she's not the shining star. I mean, you've seen Lexi Wallen step up, Courtney Penn step up, Steph Jankowicz is a freshman. But the thing is, is every team is in the MVC, and it's one thing that Leah Johnson has said in all of her press conferences that I've caught, is that everyone's keying on Jalen Keene. Everyone is coming in to, against Illinois State saying that's their only weapon, that's who they're going to go to. And it seems like, really, the one girl who's getting the offense entirely incorporated has got to be Steph Jankowicz. Yeah. So let's and that that's kind of where we lead in now with the Wildcat Classic. That would seem to be like the turning point of this, like you said, halfway point. And it, it might be early to call it a turning point, but they've played a lot of good volleyball since the Wildcat Classic, where they went three and zero. What seems different after that Wildcat Classic down in Arizona? I think they're finally putting it, putting it together. I think the chemistry is becoming getting there. I mean, they played together for almost two months now, and you got a freshman setter who's finally getting used to a new offense that she's learning. And she's really making it her own. As a setter, you got all these decisions you need to make. And I think in that Wildcat Classic, you really saw her take over as a setter. She's not only setting Jalen Key, now you saw Lexi Wallen have a big weekend. She was the MVP of that tournament. And you see Michaela Leonard and all these other people getting involved. It can't just be the Jalen Keene show if they want to run through the Missouri Valley. It's a very tough volleyball conference. And now we'll go to the Missouri Valley Conference, where last weekend they opened up at home against Missouri State Friday night, welcome in Southern Illinois Saturday night, and then Monday night they go to Evansville. They go 2-1. and one. And looking back to those home matches on Friday and Saturday, let's first go to Missouri State on Friday night, a five-set match where, again, they drop it in that fifth set. And a fifth set that was tightly contested, but once, it got, once Missouri State got to that tenth point, it kind of seemed like Illinois State shut down. In that five-set match, did you think Illinois State was going to pull that one out at any point? You know, they never really looked like they were in that fifth set to me. I mean, that fourth set, the one right before that, they absolutely dominated Missouri State. Both the sets they beat Missouri State, they dominated. But it looked like they went back to that inconsistency a little bit because the sets they lost, they weren't there. Granted, Missouri State's a heck of a team, and Lily Johnson might be one of the best Missouri Valley volleyball players we've seen in years here. But, I mean, they were never in that fifth set, it seemed like. I don't know if it's conditioning with them or what, but those fifth sets, like you mentioned earlier, they can't seem to finish those. And I think that's something that they definitely got to work on as they go forward. And then another thing to note about that Missouri State game, Leah Johnson went to Missouri State, played at Missouri State, an MBC champion there. Melissa Stokes, who was coaching her 700th match in that game last Friday night, uh, she ended up winning that game, obviously. But then Lily Johnson, another storyline there. She came into the game with 1,945 kills, which was three away from tying the Missouri Valley Conference record. She ended up having, I think, I believe it was 13 kills on the night, so she certainly set her own record right there. But another, I mean, that was just a weird, weird Friday night, a very emotional game. I know I talked to Leah Johnson after the game, and she had just said that when you're coaching a game like that, it's it's a lot easier to put those emotions aside, because that was the one thing that I thought, especially, I mean, when you're playing your old coach, your alma mater, I figured there's got to be some emotions going through, and she said that's just something you put aside, and she said it was a lot easier than she had 
honestly thought. She said during the week she was kind of thinking about it a little bit, but not too much because she didn't want to make it about herself, especially, and one thing I'm leaving out is it was her first Missouri Valley Conference game, and before the game, they actually gave her flowers, which I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, it's very, very nice. It's a nice gesture, gesture. but uh, so, I mean, really just kind of a, an all-emotional game. They lose in five sets. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. That fifth set seems to just cause them a lot of trouble, but they bounce back Saturday with a three with winning in three straight sets against Southern Illinois, a team that Southern not very good, 2-10 coming into the match. They had one Friday night at Bradley, but Southern Illinois just wasn't a very good team. And you've seen how talented Illinois State is compared to Southern Illinois. Absolutely. And, I mean, Southern came in. They had a coaching change this offseason, too, and their transition has been a little bit rougher than Illinois State's. Honestly, Leah Johnson came in in a very unique situation. Normally when you see a new coach come in, that team had been struggling before or the coach leaves to go to a better job or something like that. Leah Johnson inherited a pretty decent team for a brand-new coach. Yeah, and she didn't have to do any type of new recruiting. She, I mean, everybody stayed. It wasn't a weird – there was no love lost when Melissa Myers left. I think everybody kind of realized that she had a situation that she had to go deal with. And I know – I mean, Melissa Myers had been here for a while now. She was kind of that, that face of, of Illinois State Volleyball. And, you know, to see her go, I don't believe anybody was – you know, nobody wanted to see her leave, especially in that state that she left – but, you know, Leah Johnson seemed to come in here and take it by the reins and, and really lead this program down a nice path. And it really has them sitting atop the Missouri Valley Conference. Heading into this weekend, they have a trip to Drake tonight, which is Friday night. And then they go to Northern Iowa Saturday night, nationally ranked number 22, Northern Iowa, who's actually been four top 25 opponents already this season. A very, very good team. Nick, what do you expect to see out of Illinois State this weekend? I mean, it's going to be a heck of a test. I mean, you're on the road first off in the Valley. They got a pretty kind of a cakewalk with Evansville, we'll say, on Tuesday. Evansville has been struggling for years. I, I was trying to look up stats on that the other day, and I don't think Illinois State lost a set to Evansville in the last five years, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a nice little tune-up game, but, I mean, this, these are the big dogs right here. When you go into Northern Iowa, nationally ranked opponent, Missouri State was a good team, too. But this is a whole other thing, to go on the road. Now, here's where you really see that freshman setter. Is she going to have some jitters on the road? Is that going to happen? I think Jalen Keene's going to need to step up big time. Her and Courtney Pence, they've been here. They've done this before. They have to carry the load this weekend. But it's going to be a tough match, both of them. Drake's 13-3, and three too. So, I mean, there's no cakewalks this weekend. And what's what's funny about that is Drake isn't historically that good. In recent years, at least, they haven't been very good. And that's the one thing Leah Johnson said on Tuesday at a press conference. She had just said that Drake's pl- probably playing their best volleyball that they have in ten in the last ten years. And you know, it's weird they're catching. And, you know, and there's some coaching there that is catching fire over at Drake. And maybe they're f- finally fighting their stride because it's it's it. They're thirteen and three. They've looked very very good. They're playing very strong volleyball. And I don't think tonight's going to be a cake walk either but tomorrow night you got to come ready to play it'd be nice to see them go to northern iowa on friday night instead of playing northern iowa at the back end of a double of a double match sat friday saturday but that you know that's how they drew it up we'll see how they do catch all of nick's coverage from this weekend in sunday in monday's paper of the vedette and online but now we're going to transition over to uh, Illinois State football, who now climbed the ranks to number eight in the coaches' poll, number 12 in the FCS stats poll. They had Missouri State a week ago, 34 9 final. And Nick, I know we were talking about it before we kind of came on here, six to six at half. It did not, it was not an, a very pretty first half at all for Illinois State. Yeah, no, pretty pretty bad actually for both teams, actually. Uh, not looking good for the Valley football, six six at half <laughs> there. But I mean, uh, that's ISU's mantra, I guess you could say this year, is their defense. That's what they've been living on. And then that f- offense finally explodes in the second half. 
and they really ran away with it right there. And that's the thing, though, is this team hasn't started slow in every game, but I got the one thing, I, and I keep hitting on it, and I know I've said it each week, the one person that I keep keying on is Jay Colby. He did not have a very good first half. Dating back to Eastern Illinois, he did not have a very good first half. And against Butler, he didn't have a very good first quarter. So I, I don't know if I'm just looking for more consistency out of Colby or what it is, but obviously they ended up clicking on some fashion because they go out and blow out Missouri State 34 to 9 which leads us into this week a matchup with Indiana State the first home game since the opening weekend which was September 2nd so a long time on the road obviously they had a bye week built into that but a long time since Illinois State played at Hancock Stadium Indiana State's coming in at 0 and 3 they have not played a Missouri Valley Conference game yet they play their their first MVFC game is against Illinois State and Indiana or Indiana State actually lost 42 42- to seven to number twenty-five Tennessee at the time, and last weekend played or they, excuse me, they they're coming off a bye week. They played Liberty two weeks ago, who's nationally ranked in the FCS at nineteen. Lost on a last-second field goal, 42-41. Nick, let's just get a quick prediction out of you for this weekend's game. Yeah, I think the offense struggles a little bit again this week. I'll go 24-0. The defense really handles them. I think the defense is going to have a nice game as well, except I think Indiana State's going to score. They're a team that's going through a transition period. Another a coaching change, Kurt Mallory took over the program in January, I believe. I just don't see Indiana State being in this game very much. I don't think their offense has too much to handle. I mean, this defense for Illinois State is just outstanding. I mean, that's the one thing everybody said all offseason long was that this this defense was going to be very, very good, and they proven that. I think they prove it again on Saturday. But I think, again, the offense is going to find their way. I think they're going to start slow. I believe they'll start slow. I believe that, you know, at the end of the first quarter, I'm expecting maybe a 7-10-0 game. I don't think this offense is going to start very hot. But at the end, I think they're going to find a way to pull it together. I'm going 42-13. So we'll see how that goes. You can catch all that coverage tomorrow. Follow Vedette Sports. All the play-by-play, all the game recap. Everything you need to follow is at Vedette Sports. But Nick, thank you for joining us. I know we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of volleyball to cover the rest of this season. But for Nick Damiani, I'm Michael Mara. You have a great day.